From Uninterrupted, this is 17 Weeks, the show that gives you the real-time perspective of NFL stars living through the weekly grind of a season. I'm your host, Nate Burleson, and this is Week 13. We are joined by three great football players, my co-host, Seattle Seahawks strong safety, Jamal Adams. Can't lose your confidence after a loss. You got you to turn your swagger up and turn your confidence up even more. Show me my opponent. <laughs> you, you know, that's, that's what Lil Wayne used to always say. Show me my opponent, man. New Orleans Saints veteran wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders. I just want to win it for Drew, man. Like, I, I just got this dream. I just want to just want to see Drew Brees the happiest I've ever seen him, man, with confetti falling on him. And if he retires, he retires. I just want to see him go out on top, man. And Pittsburgh Steelers tight end, Eric Ebron. I haven't done anything wrong. And it was like, bro, I've been in the league seven years, bro. Like, I know how this go. That's why we're doing a podcast. This is why I signed up to do the podcast. Before we get to this episode, quick timeout. 17 Weeks is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. New episodes drop every Thursday. You can listen on demand on SiriusXM or for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Also, be sure to follow us on social media too, at 17 Weeks Pod for more content from the guys. Wherever you listen to it though, be sure to subscribe, rate five stars, and share the show too while you're at it. All right, let's get to this episode. It's time for the breakdown. As we head into December, we've hit the home stretch of the 2020 season, the time of the year when teams must often contend with the elements as well as their opponents. There are no more buys. 12 games down, four to go. Two teams have clinched playoff berths. The 11-1 Chiefs in the AFC and Emmanuel and the 10-2 Saints in the NFC. But the big story of the week was Eric and the Steelers getting knocked from the ranks of the unbeatens Monday afternoon by the Washington football team. Meanwhile, Eric found himself in the center of a social media storm for the comments he made on this podcast last week. Eric, would you like to address what you said? I mean, it's it's social media. I mean, it's what you get. I mean, anytime you you say anything, you know, when you're undefeated, you get you get national attention. So, I mean, we had a conversation. I mean, I answered the question the way, you know, I, I felt about the question. It wasn't, you know, in resemblance to anything to our organization. Everybody just took it and ran with it. It was it was funny to me, you know. It's it was funny to me because I haven't done anything wrong. And it was like the one thing I talk about that was just like, you know, topic of discussion about the, you know, the schedule and things like that. Everyone took it as, oh, they're ready to go to the Super Bowl and stuff. Like, bro, I've been in the league seven years, bro. Like I know how this go. We don't even take 11 wins for granted. Never mind me, you know, talk about going to the Super Bowl, bro. I ain't never been. I barely made it out the first round of the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like, and everybody takes it as, oh, you know, they got it. That's what they want to do. And, you know, they're, they're already, their minds are already on the Super Bowl. Like, no, I'm not speaking for none of my teammates. I wasn't speaking for none of our coaches. I was just speaking based off of a question that I was asked. So, it is what it is. I thought it was funny. I mean, people take everything out of context. It's 2020, man. It's, we've had a hell of a year. So whatever. Who cares? <laughs> I don't care what people think, bro. Eric suggests those interested should go back to the source. It is what it is. Like, listen to the podcast then. If you're so concerned about, you know, what I'm saying and what I'm doing, then I tell, go to the podcast. That's why we're doing a podcast. This is why I signed up to do the podcast. And so that, you know, the things that... Most people always perceive as a negative or perceive anything or assume anything. 
I do it because it's video proof and you can tell my personality and I can be who I, I am and you can understand that. So if you don't listen to the podcast and you read what people write, it is what it is, you know? I, I can't control that. Here's Roethlisberger coming here, side, tipped in the air and it's intercepted by Washington. John Bostic picked it out of the air. Now back to football. What happened against Washington? The Steelers were up 14-3 at halftime, but only scored three points in the second half, losing 23-17. to Yeah, man, we just we just lost, man. Um, our defense plays great. Our offense, I can only speak on our offense, man. We just have to do better, man. You know, it's funny, like, you know, you play a game like that and uh, you 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 find out, like, what those, those losses and what I put on Twitter was like, you know, I'm happy for this loss. Like, I'm happy because these... These losses are, are identity builders, are test makers, are adversity builders, are, you know, are, are, are team builders. So it's, it's going to be fun to see how we respond, how we attack it. Um, I know we're banged up, man. I know we're really beat up right now, but um, it gives just other players the opportunity to step up and, and fill, fill those voids for oh, which we have for, you know, our, our fallen soldiers, man. We have so many fallen soldiers right now, and it's crazy, and, and they're really, all really good players. So, you know, we'll just continue to week in and week out, try to figure out what it is, man. We, we laid an egg that game and there's really nothing we could do. What do you think the issue is? The big story about us right now is, you know, we have a we have a lot of drops as a as a unit and as a core uh, receiver group. And, um, you know, it's 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 tough, man. You know, we we as receivers have to continue. We have to make those plays. Yes, we understand that. You know, um, the drop I had that hit me dead in my chest, bro. I, oh man, I, I gotta, it's, 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 it's so concentrational. It's so dumb. Like it's so dumb. It's, it's the easiest catches, you know, and it's, it's been like, it's been a, a, a little, it's been a little leech in my, in my career. You know, it's the easiest catches. It's the ones that are right there, but I'd be so eager to move. I'd be so eager to go get the first down or try to make a big play. And, and I just need to calm down and, and refocus and understand that. And it sucks. Um, I can't really speak on our other receivers. I can only speak on my mishapses, man. And it, and it sucks. You know, that's not, that's not the player that I am. That's not the player that I want to be, you know, one drop is too many in a game, you know, especially when it hits you dead in your damn chest. So, yeah, man. I mean, all of your good plays kind of goes out the window when you have one bad one, you know. Eric's still thinking about a key block he missed on a fourth and goal play. I mis- misread a play, you know, on Chase Young's block, man. I thought we were running a totally different play. I I, I was supposed to cut him off on the backside and he makes one hell of a play. And I get to the sideline and they tell me, you know, we ran this play and it was, you know, it's it's little things like that. And as a as an older player, but still understanding like, dog, this is my first year in this offense. You know what I'm saying? So some things to me are a little different than they were other other places. So, yeah, I'm having those fallout moments, you know, in short weeks when we when we switch up the playbook completely because we're playing a totally different defense and I got to adjust and on the fly and stuff. It, it's a little difficult, but that's no excuse. You know, it's those little nuances that no one knows. No one talks about. And it's it's cool. I'm a professional. You know, I, I got to make those plays. And and I beat myself up all night about that. And hopefully, you know, we go out to Buffalo and we win the game in Buffalo because ultimately that's the only thing you can do is, you know, keep your chin up, put your hard hat on and go to work. So that's what I look forward to doing this week and with whoever's out there and however we get it done. 
Emmanuel and the Saints defeated the Falcons 21-16 for their ninth win in a row, becoming the first team in the NFC to clinch a playoff berth. Yeah, hey. I mean, that's I mean, I'm I'm excited about that. Like, I'm not gonna sit back and uh treat it as if it's not a big accomplishment, but I didn't come to New Orleans just to do that. You know, we got we got a lot more stuff that we gotta take care of. But that's what we're supposed to do. And uh, it feels good to know. Um, that I made the right decision, right? I picked the team um, that I thought would best uh, suit to try to win a Super Bowl, and, and so far, so good, you know. But you know, the thing about this league is it's week to week, so you never know. But definitely, uh, definitely excited about that's one more check mark on the, on the way to the Super Bowl, hopefully. First and ten from the Falcons, fifteen. As Hill sets, throws end zone touchdown, Traquan Smith, and that is the first passing touchdown. For Taysom Hill in his NFL. The Saints have won all three games since Drew went out with the broken ribs. Taysom Hill hasn't missed a beat filling in for him, has he? Uh, Taysom hasn't been playing well, right? Good enough to get us a 3 0. And if Drew sits out this week, that'll be 4 0. Yeah, at least, you know, hopefully. That's just the confident E, right? But I think Taysom's been playing well. You know, he's a dual threat quarterback. So. Uh, when he took off and, and ran on the on the I think it was like a second and eight and uh, we didn't have any points on the board and he ran for like forty five yards. I remember walking up to Alvin Kamara and I said that's the reason why he's 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 dangerous. He's dangerous because of his legs and his feet and uh, he's a lot faster than people give him. Just a, a freak of an athlete, right? Prior to the game, I watched a highlight tape that the NFL had put out about him and it was just all the plays that he's made he's made on special teams from kick return to block punts to lining up a quarterback to, to catching a a pass from Drew Brees scoring touchdowns I mean he's just a freak of an athlete and, and truthfully he's an athlete that the league has never really seen at at least not to the 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 point that he's doing it right and you know i started questioning and asking myself like damn like if Taysom keeps it up will he possibly get a hall of fame bid just because of that little slotted area right like i go into these like weird because i've never seen it before and 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 the word look the best case scenario is he definitely needs somewhere in the in the in the hall of fame what is the hall out in uh ohio to be like one of the players of every stats or something. But I don't know. Just I've never seen a player like him come into the league. And I think it's just amazing to be around it. And uh, I'm blessed to be able to play with a guy like that. Do you still feel like you need to find your footing with the team? I've been trying to find my footing, but I haven't been really pressing the issue because at the end of the day, like, like even though I'm older, yeah, I want to I want to be recognized as one of the best in the league. And this, I'm kind of past that, right? You know, it's my 11th year in the league and I'm just about winning. I'm just here to do whatever I got to do. And, you know, I kind of took that same mindset even when I was in San Francisco. I just said that if they want to use me, they use me. If they don't, they don't. But when they do use me, they're going to see that I, I, I'm, I, I'm accountable. At least that's what I try to hold myself to. And, uh, you know, it was good. It was good to catch, you know, five passes. Um, I think I had like six targets. And I uh, Trey Quan had six targets. And Mike had 11 targets. And, I remember my receivers coach telling me on the sideline, everybody eats around here, B. He goes, everybody eats. And I like it that way. Um, but who's to say that the next game it might go, it might not go that way. And I'm okay with whatever because at the end of the day, it's about wins and we're doing that. You seem more content now than at any other point during the season. Would you say that's true? We, we sitting right now on a nine-game win streak. And I th- I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, when I said those comments, we were probably a two-and-two two football team. 
and things were just looking shaky and we weren't playing well. And for me, like I had to get acclimated with a whole nother city, a whole nother team, a whole nother offense. And uh, I think that this is the beautiful thing about the show is that you see guys' emotions 17 weeks of an NFL season. And I think it's genius, uh, you know, to be able to to break it down and, and, and show the emotions of it. Right now, I'm on a nine-game win streak. So I'm sure if you go back and watch every episode, my voice is just more optimistic after, you know what I mean, like week after week. And so uh, I feel good where we at. Um, you know, we got we got the Eagles coming up and then we got the Chiefs coming up. And I think that that will be a good test to see where we at versus the Chiefs. And so uh, and that's not overlooking the Eagles. But everybody knows that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they have a great football team going on with their record. And, um, you know, I think it'll be a good test for us. But we got to take care of Philly first. Alfred Morris punches it home and New York is on top. First touchdown since December 30th of 2018. Jamal, you had eight solo tackles and a sack, and the defense had a strong overall game versus the Giants. But the Seahawks were upset 17-12 in their first home loss of the season. How would you describe how you and the team are doing? Man, yeah, man, just out there fighting, you know. You know, no one's really, really fully healthy around this time of the year, you know, late in the season. If you are, man, hats off to you because... I don't know what you've been doing, but I don't know if you've been doing enough, you know? <laughs> it's a rough sport, bro. So everybody got something going on. Uh, but at the end of the day, we didn't we didn't get the mission uh, completed. Um, a lot of respect to the Giants organization. It's always been like that for me, obviously, you know, due to my father. But, you know, Coach Judge, um, I didn't get to holler at him after the game, you know, but I got a lot of respect for, for, for him and what he's doing over there. Um, they've always had talent. They just needed the right coaching staff to come in there and get their identity back. And they, and they got that, man. So I got a lot of respect for how they play, um, how, they, how, how hard they play, how physical they play. Um, so I got, I, I, like I said, man, I got a lot of respect for uh, that organization over there. Always have. Can you put your finger on what went wrong? You know, you, you got, in this league, bro, you got you to gotta play all four quarters, you know, the same. And, and it has to be, you know, close to perfection. Not not always perfect, but you got to execute when the time comes. And we, you know, as as a defense, I speak for the defense only. We let a long run uh, kind of knock us back, get our confidence kind of, you know, off a little bit. And then, you know, we were focused on that play instead of, you know, forgetting that play and moving on to the next, you know, two plays after that to where they scored. You know, we just got we got to keep focused, you know. We got to let the bad plays be the bad plays, leave them in the pass and move on. You know, that's what the great teams and great defenses do. Um, and, you know, that's something that we learned as a unit, uh, what we have to do. Uh, because at the end of the day, everybody has a job to do. Um, and when you when one person, you know, doesn't do their job, it usually hurts, you know, the defense. Um, so everybody had a, had a part um, in, in all of the, you know, the plays that, you know, could have been better. Can you take any positives away from a loss like this? Can't lose your confidence after a loss. Um, you you got you to turn your swagger up and turn your confidence up even more. You know what I mean? That's how I look at losses. You know, when you come back the following week, you got you got you got to tap into a whole different level. So show me my opponent. <laughs> you, you know, that's, that's what Lil Wayne used to always say. Show me my opponent, man, and then put the ball down and let's go to work. It don't matter who's playing, man. Like it, you, you got to show up each and every week. 
If you don't, you gonna you gonna get your ass whooped. Like it's very simple, bro. This league is not it's not to be played with in a way as far as you just feel like you're gonna just roll your helmet out there and, and win ball games. It don't work like that. So you gotta, you know, you gotta continue to, you know, execute the plan each and every week at practice, going hard, doing what you do. Um, because it's practice how you play, and I, I strongly believe that. You were a team leader during your years with the Jets. Now, 12 games into your Seahawks career, would you say you've become one of the team leaders in Seattle? I I, I just continue. I, I'm going to just always be me, bro. No matter if I'm considered the leader, if I have a C on my chest, you know, it don't matter, man. To me, it's I, 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 I'm going to lead by, you know, example and, you know, by words as well, you know, when it when needed. But... At the end of the day, man, I, I just want to go out there and be the best teammate I can, play hard for, for the guy next to me. Um, and, and, and when they turn on the film, they they see, you know, how hard I play and what I do to, you know, uh, try to make some plays for, for the squad and sacrificing the body. Man, That's I, I just want to be, a you know, a hell of a teammate that, um, you know, like you said, that gives energy to other, other guys around me and to where they feed off me just as much as I feed off of them. I think that's a special thing and a beautiful thing uh, when it comes to the game of football. Um, and, you know, just, just being that, that, that outstanding person, man, off the field. So that's what I'm about. Emmanuel, next weekend, you and the Saints travel to the city of brotherly love to play the Eagles. Are you familiar with Philly? I'm, I think I've only played uh, in Philly like twice, but every time I've played in Philly, I always go and visit that Rocky Rocky Balboa uh statue i don't know why like i always gotta go and just run up those stairs because that's just traditional philly love it man all right the eagles have announced that jalen hurts is starting at qb over carson wentz any reaction to that it just goes to show how the nfl is it's like what have you done for me lately league and you sit back you watch a kid who's balling then he gets hurt and now they're sitting back and don't know if he's the guy uh, you know but if you go back two years, Carson Wentz could possibly be one of the best things ever. And it just goes to show like how fast this league wants to move on from 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 players. I mean, you look at, you know, Cam Newton, do MVP to making one million in New England, you know, and it's you know, that's why I try to tell guys all the time the NFL stands for not for long. And if you get if you can get a grasp of that, that you're just truthfully contracting with the NFL team that you're with. And you, you think more from a business standpoint instead of from a personal standpoint. Jamal, up next is a home game against the Jets, the team you played for your entire career before this season. Are you ready to deal with all that New York noise? I'm focused. I'm not, I'm not going to get in, into the hype. Uh, I'll, be there, I'll be there at the game when they, when they show up. They strap they helmet up just like I strap my helmet up and uh you know we're gonna go to work it's simple as that bro I'm, I'm I'm about that business bro man I'm 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 at peace with all that man I, I I have a lot of relationships over there even on the staff and whatnot so I still I still keep in contact with the ones that that that's been there for me and the ones that have always had my back you know we, we we still have a relationship to this day Eric you and the Steelers look to bounce back with a tough game next Sunday night in Buffalo against the AFC leading Bills after their win over the 49ers man I they, they looked good yesterday like you know I was watching the game um definitely schematically because their defense um and I know a lot of their players over there man and they're they're really good they're they're hard working dudes man Porter Micah Hyde I've been playing against Micah Hyde for years so man it's gonna be a tough battle for us um 
they know me pretty well. I know them pretty well. Um, I'm not sure how how often they've played the Steelers before, but I've I've played them a lot um, throughout my career. A lot of these same players, so it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be a battle, and we have we have to come out on top. Um, ultimately, that's that's just how I feel. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun week to try to you know get healthy, try to you know battle back from from this uh, treacherous little schedule we got and try to pull it out with a win at the end of it all. So that's what we're going to try to do. This week on The Huddle Up. Eric Jamal and Emmanuel tell us about December football and the anticipation of the playoffs. Coaches often preach that every game at every stage of the season is of equal importance. But there's just something about December football. You can sense it. There's a different atmosphere. Players play with a different intensity. It's when the push for the playoffs begin. Emmanuel, you feel it, don't you? Yeah, 100 percent. Uh, and that's the reason why, you know, in Denver, when we had the three losing seasons, like I, I was struggling with that because, you know, I came to the league my first year, went straight to the Super Bowl. And so I got a glimpse of that December football and December football. That's when the views go up. Uh, on the television because people are talking about teams positioning themselves in order to get a first round by a second round by who's going to make the playoffs like teams are now starting to figure out the mathematics because the mathematics are starting to become clear and so I, I, I love I love playoff football um, and right now we're sitting in position right now we got the number one seed and we're going to be facing some teams who are potentially trying to uh, get into that that playoff uh, spot and so we're going to get their best shot. And uh, that's the reason why I say December football is the best football because it's do or die. Either you do it now or your season is completely done. And so, you know, me and my dad, we always got this thing. Okay, December's here. It's time to play some real football because that's when the real football starts. Jamal, you can feel the difference in December, can't you? Yeah, you can tell. You can tell the difference of, uh, you know, the, the, the different football that's going on right now. December football, it's a lot of a lot of hard hitting, you know, uh, cold games. You know, that's that type of football that we that we like, and, and you know, it's fun. It's fun to be a part of those big moments and those big games on the big stage. Anytime, you know, you're you're in a, you're in a dog fight. Uh, when it when it's all said and done, if you come out victorious, it was all worth it. You know what I mean? But when you lose, it's, it's very tough. Uh, but you got you got to learn from your from your loss. Um, and, you know, you got you to gotta come, come out the, next, the following week and handle your business. The NFL season is a war of attrition. At this time of year, just about everybody is hurting. Successful coaches are aware of that, especially when it comes to veteran players. Yeah, um, Mike T's always done a great job of taking care of us. You know, um, the thing about us is, you know, our quarterback 17 years in and, you know, our schedule has been a little rough on us. So it's kind of hard to be taken care of when, you know, you have you don't really have much time to 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 heal. So, you know, Mike T's always done a good job. And I feel like a lot of coaches around the league understand, you know, hey, it is December. We're about week two in December and, you know, the season's coming to an end. You know, playoff football is around the corner, you know, so how can I help? My older guys stay more healthy, stay more prepared, be more, you know, agile and mobile come game day. So, yeah, I think a lot of coaches do do that, which is cool, man. That's cool to see because, you know, they understand our pain. They understand, you know, that, you know, we want to be available come game day. I think every coach does that. Every every organization that I've been a part of does that. They do a good job of, you know, managing their older guys and, 
you know, getting reps at this later end for the younger guys that might not have gotten reps, you know, throughout the year um, in practice and things like that nature because eventually you might need those, you might, you might need those guys to make a play or two, you know, in the game. Eric, you are a member of the 2018 Indianapolis Colts, a team that started out one in five before making an epic run and making the playoffs, plus winning a wild card game. Eric, can you compare that season with your current Steelers season going 11 and 0 before your first loss? Yeah, and Indy, that situation, man, we had to treat every game like a playoff game. Like we knew we had to bring our A game every Sunday we played, every Monday, Thursday, whenever we played, we knew we had to bring our A game because Indy, uh, one and five, man, you know, there was what two teams at that point in time who's ever went to the playoffs from one and five. So, you know, not only did we make the playoffs, but then we won our first game. So man, that whole year was was dope. And now, you know, being eleven and one, really, we haven't clinched anything. We haven't sealed anything. Like we're not we're just eleven and one. You know, the Browns are doing really good right now. Um the Ravens play today, so ain't no telling what they're gonna do. So, you know, we'll we'll see, man. You know, we're just sitting at eleven and one, but at the end of the day, we haven't accomplished anything yet. We haven't won anything yet. So, you know, we have to start off with our first goal, which is winning our division. So once we do that, you know, then we win a division and then you know next is next. You know what I'm saying? So that's it for right now. How did that compare to your playoff runs in Detroit? In Detroit, um, honestly, man, Coach Carwell built such a good, a good like group of men, man. We were we were really like trying to fight and claw through through anything, man. And you know, I hate that I was I hate that I was you know so young and immature in Detroit. Like I hate that you know I wasn't as you know into the game or the NFL game as I am now or as mature in the game as I am now uh, because it was a great team and I wish you know I could have helped more but I was I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't that in Detroit <laughs> I was having a tough time there man <laughs> but I wish I did because you know that that team was so hungry man and we went to the playoffs twice you know so I you know I'm not a bad thing like I've had my taste of playoffs since I've been there you know they've been out they've been there twice since I was there and they ain't been back since I left now let me stop <laughs> but <laughs> Emmanuel based on your experiences how important is it to get that number one seed for me like in being blessed enough to play in a Super Bowl three times and see how how it goes like the moment that we got the number one seed that's when playoff football started for me right because it's like we can't lose anymore to try to get that number one seed right that, and that, and that's like a playoff mentality for me like backs against the wall even though it's not do or die like you kind of got to switch over your mentality to that to try to maintain that number one seed because I know what that number one seed means that means home field advantage and and our chances go up of attaining our goal so in order to get that like you know that is remarkable like that's the best possible situation so when we got the number one seed like even Sean Payton started talking as if it was playoffs like we got to wear this number one seed well, like, like we got to go out and defend that all the time. And, uh, and like that kind of triggered a playoff mentality for me, like do or die, even though it's not like you can kind of just trick your mind. And so that's how I've always thought. And I think we've had the number one seed for like two or three weeks. In the years you've made the playoffs, have you always clinched the playoff berth early or have you ever had to go down to week 17 before you knew? In Denver, a few times, it was like three games left, and it was those those type of situations where if we win out, you know, uh, we can make the playoffs, but we might need this team to win, that team to win. And so, like I said, like, 
that's why December football is the best because the mathematics starting to come clear and people got to pay attention to it that like it's pretty much like a playoff mentality or a preseason playoff mentality because it's it is do or die for a lot of teams right like and that's why I say it's like a playoff already has started because it's do or die it's if you win out, you make it. But if you lose one game, your your entire season is over, right? And so that's a playoff mentality to me. And so that's why, you know, I love uh, the month of December because it brings out the best of everybody because it's back against the wall. Everybody got to play their best ball. There is no next week. There is no, oh, like I can make up for, for a lot of teams. And even though we're sitting right now and we can lose and still clinch, I still have a playoff mentality because even the top seeds like the Chiefs, like uh, the people who already then clinched the playoffs, they're still fighting for that number one seed and it's bringing out the best of them because everybody wants that number one seed. And so December football is the best. Playoff football is the best and Super Bowl is the best, but it starts in December. I feel like football really starts in December. Emmanuel, are you someone who checks the standings trying to figure out who your team's potential matchups might be? Whoever steps in front of us, we're going we're gonna to try to roll over them no matter what the matchup is, no matter what it is. But, you know, I pray that God give us an easy road to the Super Bowl. But, you know, with, with how the NFC shaped up, I mean, Seattle can literally be the number seven seed, number six seed. Like, you know, like th- there's so many good teams right now and it's in the NFL and like it's any given Sunday. It, 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 that's that's a true statement. Like you can't sit back and say, "Oh yeah, you, you guys got the Giants. Y'all should beat them." But that who's to say that the ball don't bounce our way, you know? And so I think I heard uh, you know Peyton ask Marshawn when I was watching on Peyton places. He asked Marshawn Lynch. He goes, "Do you think like winning the Super Bowl is a little luck in it?" And um, just been on the ride three times. It is a it is it is a, a little bit, if not a lot of luck in making it all the way because the ball just has to bounce your way. And I've been a part of games where it's just wacky. It's just like like what is going on? Like look at Tyreek Hill touchdown the other day. The ball just bounced in his hand and in, in his arms. You know after he, he after he and scored a touchdown, it was just the freakiest play ever. But the ball just got to bounce your way and. And, uh, you know, I pray the ball bounces our way during this run. Jamal, playing for a contender is something new for you. How will you keep from thinking ahead to the playoffs? I just don't try to jump to the, like, conclusion. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to, like, enjoy the journey. I'd rather enjoy the, enjoy the journey than, you know, get caught up in all the, the other stuff. The, you know, the stuff that don't matter right now. You know, you got, you got to love the process. And right now we, we got four games. You know, our goal is to be 12 and four and obviously win, win the, you know, NFC West. That's our goal. I'm, I'm just focused on that right now, bro. I'm not even like the I, I, I know playoffs is coming up, but not really focused on the playoffs right now. None. I couldn't tell you anything that's going on with it. Nothing. Although Jamal hasn't been to the NFL playoffs yet, he did have postseason experience in college playing in several bowl games for LSU. Jamal, do you have a different mindset before bigger games? Nah, I mean, I kept my I kept my mind, you know, calm. I'm not really, you know, before the game, believe it or not, I don't like to, you know, be overhyped. You know, I might be bobbing, might give you a little dance move, but um, I don't like to get myself riled up before the game. Um, for me, you know, I'll lose focus if I do all that. Um, and I'm just wasting energy, to be honest. Because, um, you know, obviously I'm a passionate, emotional guy. Um, so I'm not really into that. And then when I get into the game, 
I get my rhythm or I get the first play of making a big play, you're in trouble. You know what I mean? So it's just like I have a rhythm when it comes to that. And it's like when you hit your first shot or you, you, you know, you come down and you bang another one. It's like, OK, I'm feeling I'm feeling my rhythm. I'm feeling myself. So like I'm starting to get hot. So that's how I look at it, man. So you have to make a conscious effort to control your emotions. Yeah, I got to. Yeah, I, I definitely work on it, you know, because when you try to, you know, be perfect in a way, you know, it, it, it just doesn't work out. Right. So I try to keep a balance to where I can hit all angles um, and I know when to say this and when to say that or when to react and when to not react. You know what I mean? So you got to kind of you got you got to it's like playing chess. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just just more aware. You know what I mean? Uh, but that's just going through life lessons and understanding uh, what you go through and, and, and kind of dissecting it and really understanding what happened or what could have happened, what you could have done different. You know what I mean? So just breaking it down like that. So is that something you learned from your father who played in the NFL or is that something inherent in you? That's just me naturally uh, just trying to figure it out. But I but I like to just take a step back before I react off something. Right. And, and understanding why or how I can go about it in a different way. Because sometimes not everything needs a reaction, you know what I mean? Because everything is clickbait. It's just what it is for what we do. So you just got to be smart and understand, you know, who you are as a person. But but don't change who you are, you know, when you get in front of whoever. Uh, but just be yourself. And, and that's what I pride myself on. I'm, I'm always myself. I'm never going to change for anybody. There's like no in between. You either love me or you hate me. And if you hate me, God bless you. It's okay. <laughs> you know, so I don't really trip about none of that, man. Eric has learned a great way of breaking down a 16-game NFL schedule. Man, look, man, I've always I've always been told this by one of my old coaches, and this will stick with me forever in the NFL. So whoever listens to this podcast can steal it if they want to, because this was a coaching goal. He was like the first four games, you know, teams try to figure out who they are, what they're going to be. The next four games, you know, you'll see teams rise, you'll see teams fall, you know, and then he'll say the next four games is full of, you know, traps like like this, like this week has been. It's full of traps. It's full of, you know, full of a bunch of, you know, BS. And it was like, really, who's going to make it through that? And then the next four games is all the dash for cash. That's really all it is. Like, who wants to play for more money? Like, it's the dash for cash. It, if you don't make the playoffs, you know, boom, it's over. You know, your job, you're, you're relieved of your duties. You know what I'm saying? Our job, your work is done, so we're not working anymore. So in order to receive money and, you know, continuously take care of your families, because that's ultimately, you know, why we play this game other than loving the game of football. So, our priorities, man. How many of us want, you know, extra dough for our priorities at home? So it's the dash for cash, bro. So the next four games is the dash for cash. Who's going to bring their hard hats? Who's going to understand that? Who's going to be ready, you know, to to win out of that, you know, win that? Eric, does playoff seeding matter to you? I, honestly, look, if you become the number one seed, kudos. You know, you get that break. Like, I, you deserve it, I guess. You know what I'm saying? You're the number one seed, no matter how it plays out. But if you're in the playoffs, bro, you're just honestly happy to be in the playoffs. Like, dog, we have 32 teams. We just added one extra team. So what is it, seven and seven now? Only 14 teams get to play in a playoff. So it's like, 
Bro, you just happy to be in there, bro. Because it's plenty of other teams sitting at home right now trying to figure out what's next. And, and COVID, we ain't doing nothing. So everybody's just going home doing nothing. So how can we, you know, how can we get into the playoffs? Emmanuel, despite playing on a number of playoff teams, do you ever still have doubts about making it to the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, because you got to think, like, how I came into the league. Like, I came into the league, and even though people tell you, like, that's not the NFL, I came into the league as a rookie and went straight to the Super Bowl. So you fiend for that. You fiend for that run again. You fiend for that run again. And then I got her, I got it again in 15, and I was like, man, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. And then, you know, I had three losing seasons in Denver, and I'm in year 10, and I'm like, will I ever get back? Like, will I ever get back? Like, every guy works extremely hard uh, in the offseason, at least I think, because that's how I am. Every guy works hard in the offseason to try to win a Super Bowl. And if they're not working to win a Super Bowl, it, it got to be personal goals. I don't, I don't fault that, but I know that I work to try to win a Super Bowl because I know if I win a Super Bowl, everything else will take care of itself. And so, you know, when I had those three losing seasons in Denver, like I was just questioning, like, will I get back? And so then midseason, I'm, I go from, you know, a Denver team who's probably wasn't going to make the playoffs to an 8-0 football team, hot football team who needs a, a number one receiver, who needs a guy to come in and be a leader, uh, a guy to come in, stretch the field, make plays when necessary. And I was like, I'm that guy. Like, I'm ready to go on this run. And it was just it was truthfully just a, a a blessing. It was a blessing, and you know I talk about blessings all the time, but just the situation that I was that I was put in, like I, you just got to see it as a little bit of luck. But luck, really, truthfully, and all, it's, it's 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 a blessing. And so, you know, I was blessed to be able to go on that run with him. What would winning the Super Bowl as a Saint mean to you? Have you allowed yourself to think that far ahead? I just want to win it for Drew, man. Like, like I, I just got this dream. And I just want to. I just want to see Drew Brees the happiest I've ever seen him, man, with confetti falling on him. And if he retires, he retires. I just want to see him go out on top, man. I just want to see him go out on top. And so that's that's what really be in the back of my mind because, like I said, it's, 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 it's like a lot of times people always want to think about themselves. But if, once you start thinking about others, I feel like that's when success happens. And truthfully, like I want to do it for Drew, and that's just not, just not bullshit. Like I just – I want to see the guy go out on top because, like, prior to not knowing who Drew Brees was, you'd be like, man, like, I want to see Drew Brees go out on top, like, and not even knowing him, right? Um, but now that, you, now that I know him, like, and just how hard he works and, like, his pedigree of work and only having one Super Bowl and, you know, I just want him to retire and say, yeah, I went out on top and I won too. December football is different. It is the most intense of football. In December, the weather's a little bit more crisp. Coaches are a little angrier. The competition level rises. I remember Mike Tice just gassing me, gassing me, gassing me in December because I never felt that. I didn't go to a bowl game like most of these guys. I went to Nevada, Reno. So he would always tell me like, yo, this ain't Reno. You ready? And he was trying to gas me up so much. And he would make sure practices were so intense to the point where we were fighting, like literally fighting offense, defense. It was a straight brawl. I remember catching one pass. It was off my fingertips. I was actually headed in the opposite direction and Dante Culpepper threw it in front of me. So I reached with my hands on some like go-go gadget shit. I'm leaning back because I was cutting before I made my move. 
So as I'm reaching for this ball, I'm leaning back because I already knew with that safety coming down here, I want to spin off of him. So I do exactly that. I catch it, fingertip catch, spin move. Safety runs down, falls down on the ground. I shake one dude. I score a touchdown. I spike the ball. I'm yelling, ah, y'all can't stop me. And Mike Tice was like, somebody's ready for Green Bay. And his name is Burleson. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, I'm ready, baby. But that was December football. And from there, practice got even more intense because they was like, Nate, you're doing too much. You're doing too much. I'm like, well, stop me then. Before you know it, we scuffling. Fisticuffs. What's up? Ah, get off Get off my helmet. Watch out. Watch out, man. Watch out. Back up. Back up. Come on, man. Chill out. Chill out. And then we walked off the field, laughed about it in the locker room, woke up the next day and brought that same type of intensity. That was all December. You can't worry about how bad your body's feeling because your body feels terrible. No player is 100% healthy in December. The only time you are 100% healthy is the first day of camp. That's the only time. It's, there's no permission slips. There's no, hey, coach, man, um, you know, I slept bad and I took a shot last week. Can I, can I take a break from today's practice? I really think it'll benefit my body and, um, and I'll be great for game day. Yeah, thanks. No, December football, man, it's like no other. Like imagine, imagine running a race and then seeing that ribbon and you're like, I didn't think we get here. Look at all the people that failed during the race. It's got to keep running. But I'm hurting. I tore my hamstring. Cool, bro. Wrap it up. I'm hurting, man. I broke my finger. Tape it up. I'm hurting, man. I broke my rib. Put a vest on. That's December football, man. And I miss it. But because of how my body felt in December, I don't miss it. <laughs> Before we wrap this week's episode, it's time for Quick Outs. Last week, we asked the guys for their thoughts on the Jake Paul-Nate Robinson fight. Well, you just had to know that the fight's success would lead to more. Now a deal's been struck for Jake Paul's brother Logan to box 43-year-old retired ex-champ Floyd Mayweather. Emmanuel, are you up for a Floyd Mayweather-Logan Paul bout? No, Lord Jesus. Yeah, I'm excited to see it, but, you know, they just racking up the money, man. They just racking up the money. One thing about Floyd, Floyd a businessman. Floyd noted the whole world was talking about Nate Robinson getting knocked out by this dude. And he said, oh, this is a fight that people will pay for to watch. And I can make a whole bunch of money doing it. And it's genius. And Logan Paul is sitting back and saying, man, I'm about to fight the best fighter in the world. But bullshit, he about to make, a, he about to make millions of dollars, too. Don't ever get that to us because people are going to be tuned in to watch it. Eric, how do you feel about a Mayweather-Paul fight? <laughs> Yo, I mean, them dudes just getting famous, ain't they? I think it's pretty, uh, whatever, bro. Like, I mean, is Floyd won't retired or is he not? Like, you know, it's like, what, bro? Are you, but look. It's dope. It's dope events. We don't really have much to like, really like, you know, be be excited about in 2020 other than you know sports. So keep them coming, man. It's 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 it's, it's entertainment for the people that can't do nothing. So it's dope. We thought we'd get Jamal and Emmanuel's perspective on the Steelers' first loss of the season after winning their first 11. Jamal, they they had a they had a hell of a run. It's it's hard, bro. It's hard to. Go undefeated in this league, bro. It's just if you if you can do it, salute to you. Um, so, you know, they're they're still a, a, a phenomenal team. Have a lot of respect for them. Uh, love Tom Tomlin to death. He just gets it. He really does. They they'll be fine. Obviously, uh, got some boys on that squad, and I have a lot of respect for how they play the game of football. Emmanuel, how surprised were you that the Washington football team was the team that stopped the Steelers' run? You know, it's one of those teams. Um, that really is, is is playing for nothing. But even though their division is, you know, 
who knows who might win that division. They really just playing loose and you know whatever. If we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. Like we're we're young, we're building, right? And then you go out and lose to a team like that, and you know it, it hurts. Uh, but you know if I'm still I'm still sitting back and saying you know we we gave it our all, but we still sitting back eleven and one. You know it's just it's 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 hard. It's hard to go sixteen and zero. So I respect that that Miami Dolphins team that did it because it, especially in this day and age, like it's it's hard because. Any given Sunday is true. Like any team could lose. And that's the reason why, you know, betting happens in, in Vegas and people bet on these games because you never know. Like you never know. You could try to predict it, but you never know. And that's the beautiful thing about the NFL. Eric has a message for Steeler Nation. Keep the faith. Steeler Nation, stick with us. You know, it's only one loss, man. We'll be all right. You know, we know this is a, a organization full of wins and and hardworking people. So we, we trying, you know, just, just vibe with us. It's one, one, one loss, you know, it's one, it's just one loss. Like, you know, I don't even know what to say. People are going crazy. It's just one loss. We'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. We know we shouldn't have lost to them. Thank you guys, but we'll figure it out. We'll get on it. That's it for this week's episode. The show is brought to you by uninterrupted Sirius XM and Pandora. You can also listen on demand on Sirius XM and for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, though, be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when new episodes drop every Thursday. And if you like what you heard, (laughs) that was was a rhetorical statement because I know that you do. Don't front, fam. Spread the love. Share the show. That's what social media is for. You share things. Share 17 weeks, fam. I'm your host, Nate B. Shout out to my co-hosts, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron. The show is executive produced by John Fontanelli. Our producer is Josh Rodriguez. Our associate producer is Logan Casterdale. Editing and sound design by Chris Weatherspoon. The show is also produced by Chris Tyler and Andrew Emmer. Brandon Gitches, senior director, podcast production at SiriusXM. Andy King, director, sports programming at SiriusXM. It's written by John McLaughlin. Archival sound courtesy of the NFL Network. All right, till next week, we out!